0: Welcome to How Things Connect, where we get personal and planetary. Get ready to expand your consciousness with healing insight and evolutionary wisdom. I'm so happy to have this conversation with you today, Gigi. Uh Zhuji Evans is a co-creator of Genetic Yoga, and you are essentially, you and Stephen are the co-creators of Genetic Yoga, and you do... Human design readings, and also publish a ton of human design content, which is which is amazing. And the reason why we were connected today is we know each other from before, from the old days, and um, you know we're both really really passionate about human design, especially for this time. And you know, human design is a tricky thing because it's a relatively new modality that really didn't come into the consciousness until late '80s, early '90s. And most people don't even know what that is, because the name itself is, you know, you think, oh, human design, you mean design of humans? Well, yes and no, because it's actually a specific modality. And, um, you know, it's, it's not because it's a new modality and because it actually comes in a way or is introduced to us at this juncture in time. It actually encompasses a lot more than just okay, here's your astrology chart, and this is what you're prone to do. There's a whole deeper layer into understanding it, and you know, once understood, it's one of the most practical modalities I've ever encountered. Um, And I love what you do, Juzi, because you guys have a series that basically um, gives examples of real-life individuals their type let's say they're a projector and they're um a two four or something and okay what does that mean how do they exist in the world because human design is such a modality about life strategy and how to be uniquely you and how to really cultivate that inner authority so you're we're not relying on outside cues of how one should behave or how, how one can live a fulfilling, successful and productive life. So, so yeah, and um, I'm so happy we we connected. And this is this is also for how things And This is a great collaboration, because, um, you know, for for my podcast, at least, and we both have podcasts, is it's so important to actually make these connections for people between sort of not just their material world, but their energetic selves, their spiritual selves, how their heart and their body, their their mind and their spirit really come together in an integrative way to be in the world. Because I actually feel that's what is called for at this time of ascension that we're in right now, which really, really asks for us to be more conscious and more alive. Yeah. And um, I was just talking a lot. So, so, you know, please... um, Juju, what do you think about all of that?
1: First of all, thank you so much for having me here today. (laughs) This does really feel like a full circle moment of us reconnecting. And I love how you introduced this idea of these interviews that I've done with people who share their lived experience of human design because until you, listen to that sort of context, it's all just a mind exercise. Um, Absolutely. There's, there's, a, there's a necessary um, like gateway through the mind for human design, but it's really for your body. It's really for your unconscious self Because once you start applying this strategy to your everyday life, your mundane existence, it's not about any sort of like magical, you know, instantaneous overnight um, upgrade. It's more of this unfolding over a long period of time of how you can meet less resistance in the world and experience more of what life has to offer in terms of satisfaction and success and peace and surprise even of what can unfold when you remove your mind as a decision-making tool and the sort of harmony within yourself that you can experience that You can talk about, but until you experience it for yourself, it's it's still just an intellectual concept.
0: Exactly. And that's one of the things I love about human design, because in itself, it's kind of yin. It's very feminine um, driven in the sense that when I say feminine, I mean the feminine principle of reception, of connection to body, of receiving, of, of experiential living and um, interaction. And, you know, it, it, it's this connection to body and to the heart. And even like, you know, a lot of analysts have said to me, if you look at the human design chart, nobody really looks at what's above, you know, head and nausea. It's okay. Yeah, whatever, whatever's up here, but it's all about sort of from our sacral, from our um, root chakra area all the way through to to the throat, this is like really really much more important and it's um I think in our society these days, everybody it doesn't even matter you know where you're from we're so we're so busy we're so mind driven we're so concerned with problem solving, and we forget so much to actually connect to our intuition and connect to this this um this direction that, or excuse me, this body, which gives us so much intelligence. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what human design can provide as yeah, a well, blueprint.
1: Uh, the, the blueprint itself is an evolutionary upgrade. So what human design says is that we're going from this very strategic survival um like mind-centered world into a much more emotionally in tuned and the frequency of that emotionality is what we are all experiencing but it's very misunderstood in a lot of ways and so we're here to just like clean up what this wave frequency is that we're experiencing that removes a lot of the like blame and shame and the strategic finger pointing at each other and ourselves so that we're not so um, we're not so reactive. When you speak to anybody who's been in human design for quite some time, there is this level of calm, cool, collected, laid back sort of energy that you pick up from this, this body that just wants to observe life and take it in versus like wanting to do something with it. All the, what am I supposed to do? What, what's the next move? What's the, what's tomorrow going to be? And the day, you know, it's like never fully being present in the now and, living for tomorrow. So to be able to sort of be in real time with yourself instead of constantly dwelling and projecting in either direction is such a beautiful state of being.
0: <laughs> you said it so beautifully. What are some of the misunderstandings, like you were talking about misunderstandings about human design. What are some of those that, that we can kind of address and clarify for people?
1: Well, so (laughs) one of the things that our mind has decided is that there's something that is right and something that is wrong. Mm -hmm. And so we have this perception that if you learn about your human design, then you can do it the right way or you can do it the wrong way. And what human design says is that there is no right or wrong in terms of how you do it. It's more of a measurement tool for how you make decisions. And if that decision as a generator is satisfying, then that's a way to measure if that decision was correct for you. And then if that decision ended up being frustrating, then you have a measurement tool for like, was that incorrect for you? And it's just a constant observing through this lens of am I frustrated or am I satisfied or for a projector am I bitter or do I, am I experiencing success so it's really about um whether or not you're observing your life through this lens it's not about doing it right or wrong um, the mind has a really difficult time with that at first it 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 wants you to get it right the first time and then you may like add to your frustration because you should have done it or could have done it or ought to have done it some other way and that's just the mind clicking back in as um as your authority and we're here to really surrender to what our true authority is which is unique to each and every one of us in fact you know your type and your strategy and authority as the human design system offers it to you is just a very minuscule part it's it's very important it's what you return back to when you're really observing your life, if something isn't going correctly, then stepping back and returning to your strategy and inner authority is the bottom line. But there's so many nuances in this chart that are synthesized into who you actually are as the decision maker in this equation that um, is basically a lifelong study of yourself. It's beautiful.
0: (laughs) It is. It's completely beautiful. You were were saying earlier about, you know, as we evolve, it's this emotional response. It's paying much more attention to that and actually cultivating this inner authority. And and what's, what's interesting is that it's about cultivating inner authority. And lo and behold, what's happening in the world right now, it's actually asking us, to be more resilient. There ha- there's a spiritual strength that needs to be cultivated because we are we are going into, we are in a, a time of extreme polarity that mm-hmm. might get worse as we go along. But it, again, it's not a good and bad thing. It's like, how do we respond in an evolutionary fashion? And that's where I find human design so incredibly powerful and you know how synchronous is that you know it's it appeared literally at the time you know where where it's it's very much needed now mm-hmm. um, I mean we were talking earlier about we were we were actually sharing you know types and profile numbers and what does that mean and yes it's only a, a small part, however, you know what I think would be helpful i mean I'm happy you know i'm a four, six generator. And, um, you know, I'm happy to share my experience with that because I've learned so much and it's never, this is the thing that I find so special. It's never a one shot deal. Like you said, it's absolutely about lived experience and then kind of having that trigger at, wait a minute. Oh, I remember that's actually my design. Oh, so that's how this piece works. So, I mean, as a basic example, let's go basic and then sort of more, you know, deeper and deeper. As a generator, you and I are both generators, right? Mm-hmm. Our strategy is to respond and not initiate. Mm-hmm. So I definitely, you know, in so many times in my life, I've initiated things and, you know, basically I've gotten, you know, shut down or no response or it's it doesn't work until, I'm actually the one who who responds, or you know um, even if it's like whatever it is, personal relationships, work wise, that's definitely been true for me um, and as um I mean, I've even had to ask myself and pose questions to myself in yes no questions as opposed to you know here's you know a big choice. So for example, it's like, well, where, where do you want to go? What what food do you want tonight? Which restaurant do you want to go to? And I'm like, oh, it's just, it's too vast. Can you put Especially right in
1: up? New York City. How do you choose a restaurant you know, in New York City? I
0: know exactly, exactly. And it's like, okay, can you give me like restaurant A or restaurant B? Then it's like the, you know, as a, generator I really respond viscerally I go "Ooh, yes mm -hmm," or oh no 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 and it doesn't even it completely bypasses the mind which I love and since that since the moment I discovered that about myself it's actually been such an amazing tool for me to say yes or no to projects Mm -hmm. because you know it's a very accurate way for assessment um, instead of know, letting the mind interfere and then try to persuade myself logically why something is a good idea when in fact it's a really no 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 Mm -hmm. so yeah that's been like super helpful
1: well you're describing what has been unfolding for you but when did you meet human design and what was it about it initially that was like aha there's something here (laughs) so um
0: the way it happened was, you know, someone showed up and um, he was actually both a practitioner of shamanism and human design. And and, he, and so he kind of, kind of the first thing he said was, oh, you know, you, it is, it is um, four sixes have a three stage life. So anything before 30 just doesn't work out. It just doesn't. Relationships don't work out. Work profession doesn't work. Out. It just never quite, it's just, and in fact, from 30 to 50, you know, you're recovering from that experience, which can be very depressing. Uh, but still things don't, you're just still on the roof, you're just observing, they, they still don't quite gel, it really doesn't happen until after 50. And um, for me, that really hit home because I've had so many, like, so much difficulty in relationships, personally, right. And You know, I was like, wow, had I known that, I wouldn't be so hung up on why those things, those particular people or relationships didn't work out because the purpose of that, as this person explained, was to gain experience that eventually I can then share, because I, my design, by design, I'm meant to be a resource for humanity. There's those of us, each of us has a different role, right? so the objective then becomes an accumulation of experience so then i would look at let's say if something didn't work out like oh great another experience oh okay another piece in my treasure trove right it's like okay let's move on to the next let's have as much experience lived experiences as i can then i don't get so attached i would not have been so attached to those particular Mm -hmm. incidences so that was a very for me a very like wow moment and that's what made me decide to kind of really look look into it Mm -hmm. um and it's been it's been super useful since then Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm a six line as well I'm a six too so I don't know if this is true for you but I like in that moment of finding out this tripart life I Mm -hmm. sort of like reverse engineered all of the relationships in that moment it was like um (laughs) it was like this burst of realization uh the the bumping into things the trial and error it really resonated with me but not until I heard bonds made and broken that I was like oh my god that is so me so many bonds friendships relationships you know, um, business partnerships, like it was just this, like awakening or like a cracking open in that moment for me of like, oh, that all served a purpose. And now I know so much of what doesn't work. And now I'm picking it apart and making sense out of it. Like, um, recognizing when something feels like a similar energy to when that was going on before my saturn return and being like okay what about that energy is like not working and what can i do with that and i i i never thought i would look forward to 50 <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> we're all taught that like life is over after 30, it's all downhill from here. No, that's nonsense. Take it from me. That's
0: nonsense. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing after 50, seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that's what I love about human design is it's eternally optimistic. Because if you really understand the, the concept behind it, it's saying there's no need for competition. We are all so freaking different that the only competition if you even have to think of that way but I like to think of it as, as sort of our self uh, how does it how do I say this it's like um, enlightened self-interest is really in our own evolution because there really is just evolving ourselves to 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 really understanding ourselves better and then realizing there is no comp- there isn't a comp- there isn't any competition the only competition is with ourselves if you know but I, again I don't like to call it that because it's all about getting to know ourselves better, how we are in relation to the other and in the world. And in fact, human beings have, you know, in terms, of the, 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 in terms of complete humanity, we are designed in a way to be different, to serve the greater good of humanity. So the more we can be ourselves, unapologetically ourselves, the more we actually are reflecting that for others and the more everybody can do that, we're actually lifting humanity to a whole level of consciousness, right? And that's what, where I find um, is fascinating because that ties into, oh, climate change. That ties into all the, the, the regenerative movement. That ties into, you know, how we make our connections between ourselves other living creatures in the world, other societies, you know, beyond the, beyond the national cultural constructs, who are we really in the world? And that is such a powerful concept to me.
1: One of the things that feels so different about human design is that it's very much based in our unique mechanics as human mm-hmm. beings. It's just a mechanic. You're just looking at a map that gives you a list of mechanics. And when you live mechanically correct, according to Ra, who was the original source of this information, when you live mechanically correct, the byproduct of that, the possibility of an upgrade in spirituality is possible because you're cleaning up your own frequency And Mm -hmm. that correct frequency for you spreads correctness to others in your environment. And then if those people then go out and spread correct frequency, then it is on a much higher scale and it's far beyond our mind's ability to comprehend these things. But once Mm -hmm. you start really feeling this upgrade in frequency, then you can really start to look around and, and see the connection between people and, and consciousness and how we really are just like part of one greater whole. But if you are so disconnected from yourself Mm -hmm. and you've gone so far away from your true nature through no fault of your own, Mm -hmm. you know, like the, the joke for parents was like, well, my kid didn't come with a manual. It's like, we have one now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, which is why we say that this is really for mothers to raise children. It is a natal yes. chart after all. So it's about um, for mothers to really uh, understand themselves, understand their own needs, understand their own energetic um, effect if you will, and then treating their children correctly as themselves from the beginning, so that those children grow up to know what feels correct and what doesn't. And the potential in this information is if you always made a correct decision, you'd have the perfect life, (laughs) whatever perfect is for you.
0: Yes, I love that. I mean, the correctness of it, which I would call alignment, it's really aligning to who we already are, uh, is so important. So it's not, you know, we're talking about parenting. Uh, you know, I, I love to give people, you know, my friends, if they have kids, it's like, okay, here's here's the baby shower present. It's like, you know, not, well, you I wouldn't know it yet at that point. But once they're born, you know, it's like you get a reading, you get a little reading for your child, because there is... You know exactly that. You don't start to then parent your kid to grow up just like you because it doesn't it doesn't work that way. And um, and you know there is there is that manual that allows the child to grow up in a way where they can they are set up in a way to be much more aligned to begin with. Um, And then there's, it's much less possible to have conditioning and programming on top of that. And it's actually much more possible for them to recognize what is actually programming and conditioning. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. I love how you, I love how you said that.
1: Well, and sort of the next layer of that is eating because with this upgraded system, we have the opportunity to observe the conscious part of ourselves. So all of the things that we just talked about in terms of how we respond, um, what our path is in life, and then the physiology, the unconscious part was the biggest revelation in terms of an upgrade. And so to feed your child correctly as themselves and not put all of these conditioning elements on food, which is, a very, is very tied to tradition. Eating is very tied to the tradition of the family tribe. And if you have needs that are not in line with that traditional eating, um, pattern, then, um, you get taken very far away from your true nature when it comes to how you're here to really fuel this body. Because of course, nothing really has the opportunity to work correctly. If you're feeding yourself incorrectly, if the fuel that you're putting in is, um, either circumstantially incorrect or the food itself is incorrect and there's no way that your parents could have known this about you (laughs) because they didn't have this chart so there's nothing wrong or bad about starting it later on in life or there's nothing really wrong or bad about deciding not to follow it again there's no right or wrong way to do this but if it feels good for you to follow this recommendation and you start to notice a shift in your maybe mental clarity your physical well-being then what a gift you know like as an adult what a gift and as a mother what an amazing you know removal of conflict in a lot of incidents
0: I love that.
1: And this is the thing that most people don't even know is that human design actually gives
0: guideposts for eating, for how to eat, and also for living where to live and what is actually aligned with each individual. Um, I mean, it's funny because you just reminded me that um, what I was told with human design is that uh, my sense that's highly developed is actually taste Mm -hmm. so and then also that the best this is i don't know this is um has to do with the taste part of it or has to do with just my my design but that um it's okay to eat the same things all the time Mm -hmm. so Uh, just because someone says, this is more, this is healthier. This is, oh, try this and do this. And by the way, I'm a very sort of, I love trying everything. I will try everything once. It's not, I like to be um, exploratory. However, I do go back to, oh, here are the same five things that I eat generally all the time. And then I catch myself and I find myself in conflict because it's kind of like, wait a minute, you know, that's not good. I really should be, you know, Um, rotating this and having more of this other kind of food instead but it it does end up being the same thing and it's actually fine and to even know that and actually how my body responds which um, I have to say that's true for me to eat the same things every day no problem it's like really happy my body and how it how it works with the food I take in works best for my health that way so it's
1: interesting yeah um I am a taste cognition as well and so there's like different senses associated with how your body recognizes the food itself so for some people it's touch for some people it's smell for some people it's taste for us it's taste and so I think that the first thing for me was the permission that if something didn't taste exactly how I wanted it to taste, I didn't have to eat it. That's it. it. Yeah. For
0: me as well. For me as well. And I'm like, I don't care how, 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 what you say to me, how nutritious it is or how good for it, how good for me it is. It doesn't matter if it's not right. It's not right. I love that.
1: I mean, this is a silly example, but yesterday I bought tahini from the store and I was like, I know I paid for this, but this, I don't like the way this tahini tastes, I'm not going to have any more of it. Like, and that's for like such a waste. And it is like, to some degree, a great privilege to be able to do that. But if my tongue doesn't like it, if it doesn't feel good in my mouth, then I, my body isn't going to enjoy it either. So Mm -hmm. that's sort of like the reconciliation with your mind and the practicality of like, well, now you have a whole jar of tahini that you don't want. (laughs) Give it away or you can share it with somebody else. (laughs) There are other options. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, And so then the whole like circumstance of my eating is what it's more about. So for you, it's about the food itself. So these are the five things that you really like to eat. Um, very selective in your diet and I mean if you're a parent think about that your kid Mm -hmm. only wants to eat five things but you have this food pyramid and you're supposed to be mixing it up and like there's all of this like mental anxiety wrapped up in the the um, amount of different types of food we need in order to have the nutrition that we're meant to have but what human design says is that if you eat correctly as yourself and for you that's very subjective you know you're the only one that can say what five foods you really love to eat um, that you will get the optimal amount of nutrition out of that food because that's what your body needs now for me it's about eating during the day so when you mm. raise are present, that's when my body has the opportunity to get the most nutrition out of my food. Now, that means that I can eat a very wide range of things because, again, it's just about the circumstances of it being daylight. Um, so if I ate cheeseburgers every single day, all day, <laughs> uh, that's limited in the nutritional aspect Um but if my if my taste really craves a cheeseburger and like that's what my body is saying that I want, and somebody goes, "Do you want to go get burgers?" and my sacral goes, "Aha!" Uh-huh, then like that's what I'm gonna do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be very satisfying, and my body isn't going to punish me for it. Like there was so much. Um, like discomfort that I had before when I would eat something when it was solely based on this mental idea that this was healthy for me. Right. Right. You know, I was Uh, like, I, I was completely wrapped up in the, uh, not just the, um, the mental process of, you know, outside influence, but also what I felt was like, um, gonna present to others as being healthy you know I'm Mm -hmm. in this health and wellness community so I should be eating kale all the time and now I'm like I love red meat (laughs) period Uh (laughs) my body feels so complete with red meat
0: amazing yeah that's great
1: it's awesome (laughs) What about, this is
0: another one that actually stumped me for a while in terms of living, you know, how human design says some people are, I guess, mountain people, some people are shores people, some people are all these, I mean, I don't even know how many types some that there are. How does that come into play for you? Or for people?
1: So, um, what you're describing is the second part of the variable, which is um, environment. And yes, for some people it's shores, for some people it's valleys, for some people it's markets, and this sounds very literal, right? Like if you're a mountain person, you're here to live on a mountain. Right. And so first of all, this environmental recommendation doesn't kick in really until you're past your Saturn return, because the Saturn return is when you're actually supposed to go out into the world for the first time without any influence from your guardians and make those determinations for yourself. Right. So The tripart life that you described with being a sixth line doesn't apply in the sense that no other profile lives out a different profile for the first 30 years. But the first 30 years are really a very developmental time for everyone on the planet. So it's this like incredible um, disservice that we put so much pressure on young people to have everything figured out by the time they're like choosing what college to go to and that's like how they determine the career that they're going to have for the rest of their lives and then when they reach 30 they're really supposed to understand you know who they're supposed to marry and where they're supposed to have kids and all of these different things and and then we live from this deficit of like, I'm not sure where I want to go to college. I don't know what I want to do for a career. I don't know if I want to have children. <laughs> and, right. and and we live from this, like, we didn't make it perspective. And when you live from a deficit, all of your decisions start coming from that deficit. So now we're talking about like, you're really not an adult until you're 50 years old. Every Every collected experience up until then is for this learning process, and you're really not here to know where you're meant to be in the world until you're 30 years old, so that's when it's really about um, finding your correct environment, and in this case, mountains just means um, like a higher altitude, and that could be at the top of a tall building. I see Any, yeah. Anywhere that's above a shoreline is considered a higher altitude. So that's something to consider is when we mean shores, um, there's like, it's, you're on the edge of something. You can live on the edge of town and that's technically a shore. Um, okay. So there's all these different interpretations of what these environments mean, um, that being said, you know, I am a mountain person. So my joke is that, you know, I'm just, and I'm very ambitious in my chart. So my joke is I'm actually just um, climbing to the penthouse. <laughs> like that's my mountain that I'm like climbing towards. I love and- that. And another thing about this environmental recommendation is that it's also a part of health. So if you're not feeling well, then perhaps going to a higher elevation will help because that's where your body feels the most at home. So your opportunity to heal if you're like following your eating recommendation and being in your correct environment is exponentially increased if you're in the correct environment for you.
0: I love that um so there's also another aspect which i feel is kind of tied to the environmental so for example i'm a shores person right and you know the recommendation for me is always just kind of staying on the on the edge if there's a massive conference i'm the one that sits on the almost outside the conference room peering in or like right at the edge right it doesn't serve me to be smack in the middle um so I'm also a very individual activated person. Some people are tribal. I think the other one is logic. The other one is, i, I what are the other? I don't even know what that's called.
1: <clears throat> so there's individual circuitry, there's tribal circuitry, and there's collective circuitry. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. um, individual circuitry like you have is associated with being very mutative in nature. Mm-hmm. So you're here to live correctly as yourself, and that naturally ends up mutating others in their process, you don't really have any control or like mental um, m- mental connection to what that means, because mutation is um, unexpected, it's not controllable. Um, so you may have said something to someone one day you may have shown someone a human-designed body graph. That's exactly what we exactly. Completely changed the course of their existence, and you had no conscious control over that.
0: <laughs> For people watching this, um,
1: this was
0: six years ago. How long, how long ago was this? Five years ago?
1: Could have been. Gosh, time so, is just myself. like such an illusion at this know, point, right? Like five or six, five or six years ago, and
0: that's how that was. The last time I actually saw you was showing you a human design chart. At that time, at that time, you didn't even know what it was, and here you are now. So it's it's amazing. Wow. Um, the the way I, but, but I'm asking this question also because the way I feel mutation, it's transformation, right? So what i found in my life and how it's appeared is that um yes there's that uncontrollable aspect that's super mutative because i have no idea how i'm going to affect other people and it does something some tiny thing i do will affect other people but on the on the other hand it's i'm deeply mutative in myself so i have transformed in my life so many times i've changed careers i've gone different directions, and it's like a whole new life again. It's a whole new life again. It's like there's a new set of friends, a new set. It's been constant like that for me, which can feel very almost destabilizing in a way, because I'm a very, you know, on the astrological side, I am an earthy Taurus. So this is like the opposite of that. And it's something that I've had to, in my life, really reconcile. But interestingly enough, that's also what it's what it's actually showing, what it's indicative of, is this constant—not conflict, but this polarity—that I then um, am able to to master, so that it serves me, because otherwise it can completely derail me. But that therein lies the work, and hence I'm in—you know—in the fields of consciousness and wellness as well. Like this is this is exactly why. So there's a beautiful. Um, synchronicity a beautiful harmony and how all these pieces come together and it's it's amazing so the tribal uh, excuse me so the individual piece is interesting because the not self theme when I'm not aligned I tend to go tribal I tend to be like okay everyone let's get together let's do this let's come together let's and that comes from truly a good intention and I'm always disappointed and then I get really depressed about it because, you know, wait a minute, why? How come, you know, this is such a good cause or this is such a good thing, but it doesn't work. Or the opposite, when somebody wants me to join them, it's like, hey, this is a great tribe. Come, come and join us and do this and do that. And it never quite works out because again, I'm meant to be on the edge. I'm actually meant to be um, a little bit sort of the observer and keeping my centered, my groundedness not being influenced by anyone and not being part of a, how to say, of course I'm part of a greater whole, but what I mean is on a day-to-day basis, I'm not necessarily part of a tribe. Mm -hmm. So that was very helpful for me because once I understood that, I understood that's also how I function as a mutative force Mm -hmm. because if I'm always part of a tribe, then it it doesn't work, then I'm completely conforming to what the tribal identity is. But I've always found myself sort of rebelling against that or extracting myself away from that. And it actually that way I serve tribes and I serve other individuals and I serve society. And so um, that again is, is something very useful for people if they feel so different or they're like, how come you know, it doesn't, oh, I want to feel that I belong, but how come it always, because sometimes that gets translated into belonging, but that's actually not true, um, because you can absolutely belong if you're aligned to into into your who you really are. That's how you truly attract the, the right residents and have the right residence to attract the people to you, to attract the right opportunities to you. So that was an incredibly powerful discovery for me.
1: Something that sort of sticks out in terms of, you saying like i i wanted to like get people together and you know like i wonder in a sense was that um was that an initiation instead of a response mechanism at the time was Um, as well. as well which could be wrapped up in that as well and then you know you're a fourth line being you're an opportunist Right. And what the fourth line is really here to do is externalize what they know, and it's their opportunity to influence their friends influence their network that they're really here to be a part of you're not here to influence strangers per se like you and i we met through a mutual person and so we ended up at dinner together which is how you ended up showing me a human design body graph and like was this catalyst for this upgrading consciousness in my life and you You didn't even know that until years later because you had no conscious control over that. And it was just your natural networking that brought that into being. And as somebody who is a role model underneath that, and you are here to now live out your role model phase, is like, you're here to externalize and you are here to seek the opportunity to influence your friends just by being uniquely yourself. Like that is the fourth, four, six profile in a nutshell. So this mutative pulse energy that you have inside of you that um, has no control over what happens. You're like a tiny little bomb. Every time you walk into a room, everything changes. Uh It's a very, very pretty bomb. <laughs> it can be sneaky in that way.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I love how you put that. I mean, it it's again, this is why for me at least, human design is such a perspective giving modality. It really just takes, um, it takes the edge off. It takes the stress out. It it totally is what you say. It's um, and without that stress, we, it actually gives us a deeper opportunity to connect further into, that, into our feelings and into our emotions, um, which is so much part of what human design talks about. It's deeply psychological, subconscious, and, um, and emotional, which is very different from the more mind-based modalities out there, you could say, in some ways.
1: You said something to me as we were preparing for this conversation and you said, human design has its own very unique, very radical frequency. And gosh, that just hit me so deeply when you said that because it is such a different frequency to receive, like all of these keynotes from human design are here to speak to your, your subconscious, your soul, your, your, your being um, on a level that you're, you don't really have conscious access to. And if you're aligned to that frequency, then a lot of the time people like very heavily gravitate towards it. And then there are those people who who don't, and that's okay too. I feel like I want to give everybody permission to not, to not want to like drop everything and learn everything about human design uh-huh. just because there's so much chitter chatter about it that um, that doesn't mean it's for you. It's it, it may not be aligned and that's totally okay. It's totally so true for, for us to forgive ourselves like, uh, Stephen likes to say this is a guide to no fault living, so that's really. I love that.
0: <laughs> I love that. Stephen is um, is totally is totally on point on that. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. Um, but it's it's also at the same time it's interesting because I've been observing also people who are in the regenerative space, people who are in the innovation of what this new paradigm that this ascension that we're moving through that we're moving into are actually very attracted to human design so there's there's a frequency there that like you you know like we were like we were, you were just saying that that compels people um to actually utilize this modality as a way to um to navigate mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is fun yeah
1: and like i said at the end of the day this isn't about right or wrong it's just like what feels good for you Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: absolutely what does your energy get pulled towards my energy got pulled like (laughs) like my energy has never been pulled before towards this information so um i know that it's for me uh and that doesn't, I feel like, I feel like everybody who starts this journey is really kind of brave because it's a lot of unlearning. It's Absolutely. a lot of reframing that happens. And, um, we call deconditioning, like a series of little shatterings, mm-hmm. um, because you're letting go of all these things that were never yours to begin with, which is at once thrilling. And on the other hand, it can be really uncomfortable. <laughs> hey,
0: that's what life is about. Otherwise, it wouldn't be interesting at all. <laughs> Absolutely. Here, oh here. You know, I wanted to ask you, what is the seven year cycle I keep hearing about? Because once someone is introduced to human design, there's a process that happens with that person's interaction with their own design that takes kind of seven years to unfold. Am I saying this right? Is this Mm -hmm. accurate?
1: Yeah, we call it a seven-year deconditioning, and um, this is kind of what we're trying to avoid when we talk about um, women raising their children correctly as themselves, because the conditioning elements, like you said, um, don't have the opportunity to form these pathologies that we have about ourselves, like... Um, Something happens in our childhood and we make it mean something and then we sort of turn that in on ourselves and then we try not to be that thing um, and so on and so forth. Uh, The layer upon layer upon layer of conditioning. um, So to decondition is to let go of everything that you're holding on to from the time before you knew about your design. And seven years is how long it takes for your body to completely regenerate, regenerate, regenerate all of its cells. So while you are going through this process, um, you're so, sort of reprogramming your cellular structure in terms of the activations from these um, keynote frequencies that you're experiencing. And what happens around the halfway point is that there's like a tipping point at three and a half years, right? There's like this time when your mind that has been running your life is no longer the authority and it tips over to more of it being a full body recognition of how you're here to be in the world and once that tipping point happens more cells in your body know about human design than less (laughs) and so (laughs) over the course of seven years you're you have the ability to integrate everything you don't have to continue doing human design from the first reading, that's when it starts. And there's Mm -hmm. just a body learning that happens. There's no control over that whatsoever. But if you're constantly reinforcing that, which is what genetic yoga is here to really do, to practice being yourself through this process, that's when you really get to have Um, like a front row seat to your own transformation, because you can see um, eventually how you react differently to things that you, you know, would get you upset in the past are now either a non-issue or you can laugh about them and, and things of that nature. So it's, it's really this cellular deconditioning process that we, you know, our minds are like seven years. I can get there faster. <laughs>
0: <laughs> totally. That was my response initially. I was like, what? But I already get it. It's like, no. One beautiful thing you said was how human design is really a lived experience. It's a practice. and it, it, it truly is. Um, but how wonderful. And yeah. And um, So how do people find you on
1: on your site, on Instagram? It's Genetic Yoga, right? The handle? Genetic Yoga, yes, that's our Instagram handle. And we have a website, geneticyoga.com. And if you wanted to, if you're already in this practice and you're looking to be a part of a community, I'm very tribal. So community has always been very important to me. And uh, so we have this Patreon site where we, sort of started to create all of these materials. We do workshops and videos and podcasts and things like that, but it also turned into like a gathering space. So it's mm. a way for people to come together and share their experiences in real time and and sort of um, tap the group for how, you know, they've seen different things play out in their own lives, um, because we're all at different stages of this deconditioning process.
0: Absolutely. No, that's great. And, you know, equally, I also have a Patreon as well. And, you know, how things connect is a broader umbrella, you can say, where human design and modalities for personal transformation and development is one aspect. But we also talk a lot about, you know, other things, it could be really any Um, anyone, any change maker um, who's doing incredible things and breaking boundaries and actually helping cohere, right? It's actually helping further understanding of ourselves and further understanding our relationship to the world and to each other. So, yeah, so we also have, it's howthingsconnect.com and um, we also have a Patreon. So the Patreon is patreon.com/slash/stephanie wang and you know um, de- depending on the tiers so that you get extra content but ultimately that highest tier is actually also about bringing people together to have one-on-one conversations to create community um, and resonance because I feel that there's so many people and I'm sure you do too that's part of I'm sure the motivation of your you creating your community. There are a lot of people who are waking up who are you know really um especially after the pandemic where they're looking for a place where they can speak very freely in terms of their own personal spiritual developmental experiences some may that may be considered a little esoteric or strange or you know um unusual for most people and Providing safe spaces for that is really important, and providing safe spaces to be completely transparent is incredibly supportive for people, and that includes all of us, both you and me, to continue that journey. So yeah, so we encourage everybody to to join our communities.
1: You know, that's what I love so much about what you said in terms of yin knowledge, because this like coming together for the purposes of us co-creating content together is, could have been viewed as like a competitive, sort of like who's, whose community is better and like whose <laughs> point of view is more valid. And this is much more about like, we're just here to share. We're just here to share. We're here to be ourselves. We're here to welcome anyone and everyone who is has interest in these things, and it's really just about like putting content into the world that is for the greatest and the highest good for anyone who ends up listening Absolutely. and sharing.
0: Absolutely, hear here. <laughs> well said. Mm. <laughs>
1: Thank you, Stephanie, so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank beautiful,
0: you. Beautiful. You're the one who reached out. You're the one who, who said, hey, come on, come on my Patreon. And I was like, ooh, let's make this a collab instead of like just a just an interview. Yeah. And I would love for more people to get in touch through uh, you guys with their own human design. So, you know, and I, I love what genetic yoga is doing. It's beautiful.
1: Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) you. To be continued, I feel. (laughs) Yes. Yes. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. I would be so appreciative if you would rate the show and leave a comment. I also invite you to join our Patreon community for exclusive content and to connect more directly. Learn more at HowThingsConnect.com. Take care and stay tuned.